Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellspring Words, the podcast. This is your host, Kem, as always. And I am with another guest today. Very happy to be here. I'm actually feeling kind of funky today. So I'm happy to have this conversation because every time I'm feeling in a little bit of a funk and I know I'm going to record a podcast episode, I'm like, okay, I'm doing something that I love. You know, it's not like I'm just coming out here and working on spreadsheets that I used to do in a previous life. So it's it's different and I'm and I'm with it. I'm really happy. Today we have Ashley Casillas here and I will give her some space to introduce herself and then I'll go into how we know each other. Go ahead. Hi Ashley. Hello Kim. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited because number one, you have these words and way of communicating that I'm inside excited to engage with. And number two, I love talking. So this is like a wonderful blend of things. Um, I'm Ashley Casillas. And right now, what I consider myself to be doing is to be um, exploring life as a creative. And that for me means at this time, working with poetry, with um, photography, video installations, and taking care of my business. Nativa Wellbeing, which deals with intuition and creative rituals to help you get in touch with yourself. So that's the current me. Definitely not the past me. I don't know if it's the future me. There's a lot of me's going on, but that's who I am right now. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for that. I love I love how succinct how succinct your introduction was and also super flexible at the same time. <laughs> Listen, I've been doing a lot of reflection on like what it means to be present in your life. And so even my dreams lately have just been like going through what it means to be living your life on your own terms Mm -hmm. and how to just enjoy yourself without worrying about like, am I an artist? Well, if you're making art, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. Am I a writer? Are you writing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. You're a writer. And just like letting myself say, that's who I am. Yeah. And be it and just being it. Right. And uh, from, from my perspective, I can say, because I agree with, with this whole idea of, of the labels, right? Like, am I an artist? Am I, am I a writer? And that comes to where we're getting our validity from. Are we self-validating or are we getting our validity from outside sources? And in the writing aspect of things coming from an institutional background, and having worked with writers for a long, long, long time and haven't written for a long time, it's only recently that I myself have like coined myself a writer and I'm putting air quotes because mm-hmm. I, I felt like there were a lot of stipulations to me before I can call myself a writer, especially in the institutional space. But, but, but having worked with writers and have been writing for a long time, reading your work and seeing the, the work that you put together and also being an artist myself, I feel resonance when I see your work or what I receive, you know, what you're putting out. I think that's a way that I can say it that doesn't try to, you know, like have a hierarchy or a sense of like this label, like you're an artist because I say you are. No, I feel resonance in your work. And I, I too have a creative mind. I too work in mm-hmm. similar ways. So hopefully that makes you feel better. <laughs> it, it does. Ma- it does make me feel better. And also by having these kinds of conversations like we're having right now, I've, and I've had this with my friends as well we've gotten to this point where these labels aren't working for us. I don't know if it's a generational thing, if it's Mm -hmm. a time in our life of, of our generation or just in general, like what's happening in the world. Yeah. But the labels that we have established in the past are no longer sufficient for what we're experiencing in the present. 
Right. They, they certainly feel outdated. They certainly feel outdated in a lot of ways. And I think people are feeling that. And if they can't do anything about it, if they feel they can't do anything about it, then maybe they are stuck in a sense of frustration and sometimes hopelessness. That can be, you know, a real Mm -hmm. feeling like I don't fit into where I am and I don't know if I can do what I want to do or what I feel as a natural inclination. But in this episode, we are going to be talking a lot about intuition, which I'm surprised that I haven't spoken about it already on this podcast, to be honest. I was looking through like the past episode um, uh, topics and I haven't seen it. And well, it's time. <laughs> and I think that you're the first, the, the, the perfect person to to have this conversation with. And before we jump in, I just want folks to know the way that I met Ashley was actually through one of her workshops. It was, ah, oh, when was this? Was this in March, April? Must have been March or April, 2021. Yeah, That feels like last year. <laughs> it's only a few <laughs> months ago. It's only a few months ago um, at this point. But yeah, you, you were holding, I, I, it was actually through Minka Brooklyn. That mm-hmm. is, I, I followed them um, through the Wellspring Words Instagram account. And I saw that this, you know, your workshop was going to be hosted. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to do it. Let me sit with it to make sure that I'm going to actually invest my time and energy into this. Sat with it. And I kept thinking about it. I was like, boom, purchasing, done. And then it was the next day. And I was like, really happy about it. And But I, I was also in a funk that day. I was feeling kind of down. And uh, you just have this very like bright personality you just made the whole group those of us with our cameras on or off I remember I was moving around the room a lot you know uh it just felt like sort of like we're in person which is great because it's hard to meet that you know when you're when you're not in person right like when you're on zoom so uh it was in intuitive writing creative ritual what was I, I don't remember the name can you remind me it was um I don't even remember the name. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, this is what I want to do. We're going to do it. But it was an intuitive writing workshop for, um, for better self-understanding and expression. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And thank you so much for those kind words, because honestly, I love having those kinds of gatherings, whether they be in person or online. And part of my work, even when we're dealing with serious subjects and maybe the shadow side of life yeah. for me, I still love to find those sparks of joy and like mm-hmm. tell jokes and make people happy. So whenever I hear people saying that, you know, you were in a funk, but you still felt like smiling, I feel really proud. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. And there's always room for that. And for me, I had to remember that like, it's okay for me to feel in a funk and for her to be smiling. We don't have to share the same feeling. And I'm just going to accept that she's smiling mm-hmm. and giving this energy. And I'm going to allow the energy to swirl around me and affect the way that I'm writing and affect the way that I'm feeling. But I don't necessarily need to push myself to change, to be as happy as her because it's not happening at that moment. It was happening, you know? So, so yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Intuition, intuition. This is a, this is a, this is a deep topic, obviously, because we're talking about like pure consciousness here. We're talking about the sense of the soul, the sense of the spirit that we feel operating through us and, and, and on our behalf sometimes. How do you see your intuition Listen, in intu- your life? Yeah. Tell me. Intuition. Ah, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing about it. Like for me, it wasn't until maybe in my 30s that I started realizing what intuition and talking and communicating with your, with your intuition, listening to your intuition meant. Yeah. Yet in my 20s, 
there were definitely messages and intuition, intuitive guidance that was mm-hmm. happening that I followed, but I just wasn't aware of that link between me receiving those messages and working with them. And now in my thirties, intuition is still elusive, but I at least understand the relationship that we have between it. Mm-hmm. you know, myself and my outer life and then my inner world, my spirit and soul that knows so much more than I give it credit for, you mm-hmm. know? And that's what I feel like intuition is, is that inner knowing that has been cultivated for generations before we were even born here on this earth, you know, like our intuition is part of our ancestral knowledge. It's part of our connection to the development of who we have become today, conscientiously and subconsciously, you know, like my awareness of this internal knowledge opens up the door to becoming more humbled about how we learn and grow, you know, to, to see that these things that help us move forward through life with awareness and compassion have been built and worked with over centuries. And then here we are now working with the present manifestation of this wisdom Mm. and bringing it, bringing it to light for whoever comes next, you know, Mm. like, or, you know, in our own life in the present. So I think intuition is really beautiful because yes, it has to do with us, but it also has to do with so much more of who we became from our lineage, you know, and who we are now. Yeah. I love the way that you, you kind of depersonalized it the way that you've mentioned it. I mean, that's my interpretation. It sort of depersonalizes mm-hmm. intuition because um, in my own experience, and I think in all of our experiences, yes, we see the intuition as part of ourselves. How do I hone in on my intuitive you know, messages? How do I follow my intuition? How do I know what's my intuition? What's fear? What's an internalization, not intuition, but an internalization of someone else's thought that I have just taken in. And that truly is very personal and it's important to, to understand that. But when we're speaking about like the collective, right? Like the, 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 the ancestry and the lineage that you speak about, but then also what we're getting from the celestial realm. Cause I think there's all, I mean, there, there's so much to, to know and so much that I don't, I, I don't know anything. I really don't, but just from my own sense of inner understanding and out, things that make sense. And also reviewing my own writing from years past up until now, I'm like, well, I've been talking about this thing for years and I just haven't allowed myself to really see it. But now when I look back with these new, with this new third eye that I have, <laughs> I can see uh-huh. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of knowing here, but for mine, it tends to come from more of the celestial realm rather than the, the, the earth realm. So I'm, I love to hear about ancestry and how that plays a role in it. And um, yeah, like the sense that there is whatever we feel inside is going to manifest into something that others who come after us will take in, understand, interpret, work with, and then that will also kind of meld with whatever is going on inside them and continue and continue and continue. So it's not always really just about us and the personal experience. How do I follow my intuition? But it's also about all of us, right? The collective. Completely. And, and that's the, that's the beauty of, I believe, looking at intuition with a creative lens is that one definition, just like for ourselves as humans, like I can't define myself as hi, I'm Ashley, the accountant. Like, no, like I'm so many things. And the same goes for 
you know, trying to define something as vast as intuition, like there are multiple factors that play into how we work with, receive and manifest our intuitive knowledge. Yeah. And so for one aspect of life, it may be deeply connected to the astros, to the stars, to the movement of the planets, to the experience of the wind blowing through the leaves and awakening something inside of you that like Mm -hmm. only you can hear at that time. And then at other times, your intuitive message comes from the actual physical building of yourself that you've done on earth, whether it has been through a variety of professional experiences, through the test you've put yourself through, knowing, knowing it or not, you know, and so intuition has all of these beautiful manifestations at different chapters of life. And it's our duty, I believe, as humans who are growing to understand how to flow with those different variations of how they present themselves. Yeah, no, that's beautifully said. You you have me thinking about this one phrase that one of my professors in college long time ago, I was probably a a sophomore or junior. So like at least 16,000 years ago. um, (laughs) (laughs) He said, I was in school at that time. Were you? You remember? I was there. I remember those days. Um, He said, intuition equals experience. And I was like, hmm, because when he said it, and by the way, my background is in fashion business and it was, I was in a business program, right? I went to a fashion school. Nothing that I was doing was metaphysical. Nothing I was doing was immaterial. Everything had to do with the materials, right? Like with the material life, with this realm, this earth, this 3D reality. And I was cool with that. I loved it. But when he said this, I I had this feeling that intuition is something that is completely metaphysical, that it doesn't have really any connection to the physical realm when I was what? How old was I? 19, 20, 21, 20, whatever. And with time, it got me thinking about experience. What are the experiences that I think that that need to be associated with this word intuition, because if I'm only thinking about experiences on this physical realm, then I am limiting myself, right? And the experiences that I'm having in this one life that I have, sure, there's a sense of intuition from, you know, you've made decisions from when you were 16, 17, 18, you make the same decisions, maybe some of them lead to less than, you know, savory outcomes. And so you use that remembrance, that intuition from that decision to not do it again, because you know what's going to happen. And you can kind of tell what would happen if somebody made a similar decision. But there's a difference. There's a deeper intuition that we can access from what I'm interpreting, like the ancestral part, what has already been done on this planet, what our bodies have already um, experienced, right? Like our cells, what our, <laughs> we've got dancing in the background, what our cells have already experienced and the sense of knowing that we get from the body. And then there's a sense of knowing that we may get through a psychic understanding. So for me, I'm now trying to play around with, yeah, what does my body already know? What does my body body already feel? And am I allowing myself to feel those things and understand those things as truth, even if my physical reality, when I look through my two physical eyes may not reflect that? And what about my claircognizance? What about that psychic knowing that I have? Because Uh those those are the two major ones that I'm working with right now. What are your thoughts? Exactly. Exactly. Well, here's the way I look at it. Um, our lived lives are equally as magical as the dimensions in spiritual realm that we cannot see. Yeah. Why do I say this? I say this because every decision we make that adjusts, adjusts and change our path is the physical manifestation 
of a spiritual knowing. Mm. And that, that quoting that is, I love that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, say it again, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to edit and I'm going to get it later. So awesome. Yes. Continue. Yeah. In my heart, I was like, oh my God, ding. I need to write that down. I don't even remember what I just said. It's recorded. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> But, but yes, and, and in that essence, you know, as humans, as creators and curators of our lives, the decisions we make are informed by our intuition, whether we recognize it or not. And our intuition is messages that are carried from our physical life that we've experienced here and then beyond, you know, like we were saying, the ancestors, maybe even those <laughs> who are to come after us are already informing us. Like, listen, when I was in college, I did a lot of reading of quantum mechanics. It was, it was sad. I was in this metaphysical world without knowing what it really meant, but I was like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. But for real, you know, like our intuition is the lens to be able to expand our vision of ourselves and the world and how we work within it you know it is this knowledge that cannot be fully defined until you take it and turn it into something tangible for yourself Mm. and others around Mm -hmm. you you know Mm -hmm. people have a lot of trouble following their intuitive calls and also have a lot of trouble understanding like what is my intuition what am I hearing especially let's take someone I can I can speak I I feel comfortable speaking on behalf of like the urban type of urban city, you know, kind of person who maybe worked corporate America, maybe worked in a nonprofit, maybe worked around a lot of people, a lot of diverse backgrounds or whatever, because that's the kind of individual that I am. And I know a lot of people like that, Mm -hmm. where you have so much, the stimuli Mm -hmm. is heavy. You have so much coming at you and you don't, and then it creates, you know, when you're working in those environments that are very very white and very hierarchical and very masculine it creates this sense of inadequacy a lot especially if you're a person Mm -hmm. of color a woman of color maybe and so that sometimes gives you this heavy filter this 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 really thick filter in front of your intuition and it's hard to receive those intuitive calls however the intuition is strong even if it's not loud sometimes it's strong and it will still be there I have my own story with Mm -hmm. it but I want to hear from you if you like what what your history is with starting to hear those intuitive calls a little bit because you mentioned in your 20s they started like you, you were getting a little bit of guidance and then now in your 30s you're starting to be able to differentiate between intuition and other things right if I got that right so to be able to understand your intuition I believe like you got to be quiet you got to learn how to be quiet you have to be able to sit with yourself and in this society that is almost impossible, Mm -hmm. especially in your twenties, it's impossible to even understand like what that even means to sit down and listen to yourself. We're not given those tools growing up to understand the importance of being silent, you know, and taking time to listen. Cause we're like in this society that's like consume, consume, give, give, you know, the answer is right in front of you, read it. No. So for my experience, um, in my twenties, And I think about all of the things that I did, the decisions I made, it is to me obvious now that those were intuitive guidances because none of the links really made sense at the time. Like I lived in Brooklyn, I became a carpenter, I was working as a translator and I was a teacher at a museum. And it was like, what's going on, Ashley? (laughs) 
<laughs> random. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it seems random on, on the surface level, no? But what more was there? Right. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, it's marked by a lot of chaos, you know, and, and a lot of confusion, especially in the 20 year old's life. Like when you don't have those answers, like they tell you you're supposed to have, like, well, you need to be climbing the ladder at this age so that you can get to this point at this age. And you can have a business card with your name and your title on it at this age. And it's like, when you don't have that together, it's just chaos. Right. So going into my thirties, I learned, I taught myself what it meant to be quiet and what it meant to slow down because I was living a very fast paced life and a very chaotic and draining life spiritually. And it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time, but something magical does happen when you take time to just breathe. And I like to tell people this a lot. Like if meditation, the word meditation makes you feel uncomfortable then just talk to yourself about taking some conscientious, conscientious breaths for three minutes a day. And you don't have to call it meditation, but that gives you that chance to understand where you're at and your level of comfort of being with yourself and not being distracted. And so, yeah, when it came to being in my thirties and starting to take time to cultivate more of a relationship with my own inner voice, that meant being quiet and that meant listening. And it was about a year of playing with these feelings and of being curious with what it meant to be silent. And the most beautiful thing happened during that time, you know, little phrases, little images would pop up into my head, little colors. And instead of just like, oh, I'm not supposed to think of anything, I would write these down or I would paint it, or I would like make a photography series with an emotion that I was feeling that I couldn't explain. And taking those creative things and looking at them now, I see that those were ways to understand something internal that was happening that was showing me a path to make a turn and to go more in alignment with what I felt as joyful or present or meaningful in my life. And so, yeah, so the, the change from twenties intuition of just doing without acknowledging to thirties intuition, to understanding that sometimes the intuitive messages that come to you aren't comfortable. And some of those are the most powerful messages that you can receive was kind of life-changing. And so when they're like, well, how do I know the difference between my ego and my intuition? And I'm usually like, well, your ego probably wants you to do the easy thing, <laughs> the one that's glamorous, right? And your intuition's the one's like telling you to do something that's a little uncomfortable, maybe scary, that's pushing you to go a little bit outside of your boundaries. Because we have things that we need to express or we need to even understand. And our intuition is really good at getting to that. And, we and it's know really it. good at bringing it up. Right. Yes. And we know it. We know. Mm -hmm. We know what we need to do. I had this moment yesterday. Um, uh, someone told me like, oh, I miss you. Can't wait to see you. And I was like on the surface. Yeah, same. But I had this feel and I was also high. So like this, this, like <laughs> if you're high as well or a little bit lifted or something on on weed, like it can really make it easy for that that space to come up because things kind of slow down. You kind of get more present and focused. And for me, 
some everyone has mm-hmm. their own reactions but for me things slow down and just become a little bit more focused so this person told me mm-hmm. they miss me I said oh thank you me too. Da, da, da. but internally I was like oh shit and I was like damn uh, where did this oh shit come from because I was having a good day and I did not feel like doing any shadow work at the moment I didn't feel like it I straight up didn't feel like it and I'm always one who who likes to get in there I always ask for guidance from my ancestors or my spirit guides and God and the universe, like when I'm going to bed, help me to unearth the things that need to be unearthed. So that way I can live lighter. And mm-hmm. it always like my prayer always gets answered, but it's not that I'm not asking for something like shower me with money and flowers and all the delightful, delightfulness of the world. It's like, I want to work right. on my stuff so that way I can live lighter and, and better and happier and what have you more peacefully. So this was one of those moments where it's like, no, Kim, you asked for this. And now you have to deal with it before you exit that door and go on the beach and hang out. You have to deal with this stuff. So I was like, okay, brought on my notebook. And I just started like writing down what happened. Like this person told me this and it made me feel this. And why am I feeling this? And going so, so, so deep. And the, the result that I got, going back to what you were saying about those, those intuitive messages being so powerful, but not always comfortable. The, the advice that I got or the, the message that I got was that there is a sense of doubt in me. There's a sense of like, if, if I have a structure, a foundation of myself and there's a crack in it, that crack is the self-doubt, which is manifesting itself in the way that I interact with people. So if somebody see, and so when someone tells me I miss you and I say, oh my God, they miss me. It's me saying, am I going to be, am I going to meet their expectations for what they think they're going to get when they see me? And the reason I'm asking myself, am I going to meet their expectations is because I'm not believing in that self that they see of me. And I'm not, I'm not believing in my whole integrity, my true whole integrity, because if I show up into the world fully integritable, this word that I just made up and I just, I'm sticking with it. It's a word, integrity. I like it. <laughs> if I show up fully integritable in myself, that means that I know myself. I don't doubt myself. I know my power. I don't abuse the power. I use it for good. And I'm, I'm fully myself. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether or not I meet someone's expectations of, of of what they think they're going to get when they meet me. Right. So then that whole thing about, oh my gosh, are they going to get what they, you know, oh shit, like they're, they're missing me. Are they going to, are they going to have fulfilled the missing that they, they felt when they were missing me, when they see me, none of that is going to matter if I show up as my full self, but what's preventing me from showing up as my full self, some internal doubt that I have, like, it's super deep, right? Like I got super, Mm -hmm. super, super deep in there. And then I wrote a poem called how to mend the doubt, which it's on my, my personal website, or it will be at the time this is up so people can read it. But nice. yeah, like it, it, it was just that whole process and it was super uncomfortable, but I'm like, I know how this happens because it's happened before. I get these feelings and I need to go into them. I need to, to go into the shadow right there and I need to illuminate it because within us, we have the dark and the light, right? We have the ability to illuminate our own shadows and, and integrate them into our lives. And now this is something that I'm actively working on because of that intuitive call, that intuitive message. Very inconvenient timing, though, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Intuition isn't like uh, one of those things that's waiting for the right moment on your time. It yeah. has its own time. And some, it, the times that we have to grow and the times that we have to actually do that work to become in that space where we are able to embrace our hearts and our voice and say, I want to nourish this yeah those are the hardest times in life you have to go through some low lows and some difficult choices to make those changes in your life and so intuition actually isn't 
fun. No. If you look at it from the lens of like, I need this to be easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Agreed. But intuition is fun in the way of like, now I know that by doing this hard work, I'm going to get to this space where I'm able to embrace my voice, my myself, my compassion, the future. Like, okay, that's cool. But it's, it's going to take a lot of digging. It's going to take a lot of honesty. Mm-hmm. And honesty is really hard. It's hard to be honest to others. And it's really hard to be honest with yourself. And yeah. so that's why, you know, originally I had said, in order for the intuitive messages to make sense, in order for me to be more connected to what their purpose was in my life, I had to be quiet. And I had to be humble, you know, like you can't work with intuition if you don't cultivate that space for humility as well because part of it is also saying I've got shadows I could I could work on this I could actually look at this with a real lens of Mm -hmm. compassion yeah and take it seriously take it as seriously as Mm -hmm. as I take things that other people want me to take seriously which is a huge transition for me to be like I'm taking myself seriously I'm taking my growth my life this life like that itself I'm taking my life seriously. And if I take my life seriously, then I have to take all these components, these inner components that are creating my outer reality. Seriously, mm-hmm. I can't leave them. Yep. I can't leave them for someone else to decide for me. I simply can't do that because I've done that for 20 something years. And how has that worked out for me? Can we really count the first couple of years? I mean, I didn't have any sense of autonomy when I was a child, right? But after right. that, when I started to have autonomy, am I giving all of my autonomy and all of my, my authority away to someone else to make the decisions for me? And I had done that in so many departments of life. And now it's about reclaiming all of that. And I think intuition is that is the key. It's really the key. It's the first step, the second step, third, last, it's the key. It, it is involved in all of the spiritual work, the inner, the outer work that we're doing. Two things that I also wanted to mention, I have to write down notes here. One of them is that like, if, if when following your intuitive path, you see that things just are not necessarily coherent don't fret (laughs) I have heard so many stories living here in Puerto Escondido because this place attracts a lot of conscious people who have similar pathways like you and I who Mm -hmm. like started doing something when they were younger and then went to this and while you're working here and then you're doing that and you're doing that on the side and wow this is it's weird I also have a weird trajectory and some people I've met here have also had very weird trajectories and it doesn't make sense on the physical level but it makes sense on the life level (laughs) how else do I articulate that it makes sense on the life level right Completely, yeah. completely. Um, for example, just yesterday, I was talking to my husband, David, we were walking down the street and I was just thinking about how amazing it is that even like, I actually don't have much knowledge about my ancestors' names or where they came from, what they did, who they were. But the funny thing is, is that as I started learning about them, the little that I do know in my thirties, I realized that the things that I was doing in my twenties were directly aligned with what their professions were back in Mexico, in the U S and yeah. So this whole, like, Hey, I'm going to be a carpenter thing. Wasn't out of the blue. Like I've got some ancestors who were like dedicated carpenters. Right. And so that's the thing. So there may be things, and this is so sad, but there may, there are things that we will, never know about ourselves. Mm -hmm. There are things that we'll never know about all of our ancestors. And it makes me sad because I would love to know the whole story. I would love to have pictures. I would love to have 
all of this like storybook thing of like, here it began and here I am. Right. Yeah. But we still do have the potential and ability to value our emotions in life, knowing that there's something deeper there. And that, that is that tapping into intuition, you know, even if you're not aware of the fact that like, oh, wow, my life feels like chaos. This is really hard. It's like, there's something internal happening, right? That's bringing this to light because there are things that need to be done. Mm -hmm. And there is a through line. You're right. Like you can't get mad. No, there's always, you can't get mad if it doesn't turn out, you know, it's like, it will, you have to go through the mud. Yeah. And hopefully with no set expectation on what it's supposed to be. I mean, for me, I have to realize that if I, the minute that I put a set expectation on what I want my life to look like, that's when I'm, that's when I'm severing the the tie between myself and my, my spirit self or or my intuition or, you know, whatever force Mm -hmm whatever metaphysical force is guiding me, pushing me, holding me, helping me levitate in this world. Mm-hmm. When I start saying, I want this, I want to do that. And this is that. And this is this and start creating absolutes. Then I, it's like playing God, but not in the way that's the all knowing, all powerful. You can create, you can flow my interpretation of the godlike power that I have. It's different. So, and, and I know right. it, it kind of contests this idea that, oh, should we, shouldn't we set goals? Shouldn't we have a direction for our lives? Like what about manifestation? And, you know, this modern day manifestation of like, you want this thing, this physical thing, and you can go and get it. And I think that's true. But personally, I see it sort of as a game. What am I able to create? What am I able to have? But that's only for me to recognize the larger power that I have to create the kind of existence and reality for myself and for other people that I think is possible and I think can be very peaceful. And what you mentioned about the desire to have like the stories of ancestors and even to know your own, your, your whole full story. I think that's the beauty in documenting and what we're doing personally, right? Like what, what we're doing at Wellspring Words, documenting the storytelling of women of color and my own writing, you with your writing and your artistry and your photography and your projects, like that's beautiful. We need that. And especially when one can be authentic and do those things, despite what the world says about needing to fit into these boxes and, you know, the gatekeepers of, of the publishing industry, mm-hmm. the gatekeepers of, of the creative. In- Why do we have a creative industry? How? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we industrialize what comes so naturally from within us? Right. Right. That, that keeps people thinking, am I a writer? Am I an artist? Coming back to the questions that we had earlier. But we are right. And the more that we can tap into the intuition and we can actually express what we're what we're feeling inside because we've been quiet with ourselves and make it made that time. Then the more that we can start to document like the truth, like the truth that we're feeling and for our ancestors, too, because like you've kind of alluded to whatever we're experiencing now is from our ancestors. And it's also from us (laughs) Mm -hmm. and our our descendants, as you said, (laughs) Yeah, like, what is time? Like, did the future already happen? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. I don't, like, let's not get into that. Because then you're going to, I'm going to start asking you if I'm high. And then you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything. What is anything? What is life? Who are you? Who am I? What is this? Should should we get (laughs) on? Um. And then another note that I had here was about this uh, this concept of like transcending the human experience, which I don't know that I've seen these words written in that way throughout my 
own awakening and research and just being immersed in this wellness spirituality world as such. But I do see it as a theme in the way that people talk and in their actions, like consistently wanting to have lucid dreams or um, be in the astral realm. Like, what is the purpose is my question. And I know this is judgmental. I know I'm truly wondering, like, and just investigating with the curiosity of my mind. If we are humans, are we not supposed to be humans? Yes, we are. Thank you for bringing this up. This is one of my biggest problems with like the spirituality community of like trying to transcend their humanity. It's like, yeah. listen, you are in this human body on this rock called earth for a reason. Stop trying to avoid it. Stop trying yeah. to escape it. And so with the practices that do allow you to um, expand your consciousness, Mm-hmm. I think that it's a beautiful tool to discover that our humanity can be a lot more expansive than what our eyes and ears and nose can tell us. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it as a form of escapism. I yeah. don't think escapism is healthy for anyone in any community, whether it be spiritual or anything like that. Like, you've got to deal with where your feet are, you know, like, at some point, your heart is at some point, you but have to, yeah. It follows but you. Also, yeah, it does. It follows you. And no matter how many times you turn it off and try and say, I'm not going to deal with it, it's going to come back until you deal with it. Right. Uh, but lucid dreaming, uh, expanding your consciousness, practices of meditation, different forms of trance and yoga and all of that stuff, I think is an incredible way to expand your awareness of what we are able to experience as humans. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, yes. I, I probably just got, su- I just got super loud there. Yes. I don't, I don't care. Yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I'm, so, I'm so happy you brought that up. I'm mm. so happy you brought that up because the more that spirituality continues to be marketed as something that you can consume, the more definitions are being placed on these experiences of what it means to be spiritual, which is where the problem comes. There is never a definition that's going to exist that encompasses everybody's experience. We are all different, distinct humans who come with different needs to develop. And so it is our responsibility to understand that through our curiosity, we can expand our awareness. We can play with concepts of different forms of consciousness, but ultimately we are human We are here and it is our responsibility to ourselves, to our ancestors and to those to come to deal with our life here on earth. Agreed. I mean, agreed. I I totally agree with you. I mean, during the beginning of this phase of my spiritual awakening several months ago, I definitely was trying to like trying to transcend for sure, because I was kind Mm -hmm. of just following what what I felt I should be doing things were awakening inside me and so I wanted to follow that like their portals were Mm -hmm. opening and when portals open what do you want to do you want to go through the portals right you want to (laughs) do and that's and that's wonderful but I didn't have this sense of bringing it back to the human experience and I'm here for a reason it's Mm -hmm. not to just because you're a Pisces rising girl doesn't mean that you have to always be in the boundless ocean of your (laughs) your consciousness You, you don't always have to be there (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. And so this is the beauty. This is the beauty of being a human is that you get to expand this consciousness, you get to go to these realms where maybe you're getting a glimpse of a spiritual transcendence or something. But how are you going to bring it back down to earth? 
how are you going to tie that one glimpse and that one moment during a meditation, during a prayer, during a ritual and take it and put it where your feet are and say that I've learned something and I'm carrying this with me now. You know, I think that's the most beautiful thing. My heart just beat my, I have goosebumps. Like that's the most beautiful thing of being a human is having that ability to explore and discover and then bring it back and have it be in your heart as a home. Yeah. No, I mean, you said it really right. And I think it speaks a lot to where I am currently in my journey and seeing this, what would you call it? It's almost like a parallel universe existing like right here, um, I'm putting up a visual of my, my hands together. And on one, it's like a hologram almost. It's like a hologram. On one part mm-hmm. of the hologram, if you look, you see this very dull existence of life where people are always working, always stressed, tired, anxious, depressed, and life really sucks. And then if you just change it just like a little bit, it's actually a form of lessons and guidance and other souls here for me to connect with and feel and truly feel fall in love with and in the span of a moment in the span of a conversation in the span of a word and not actually take to be like the other side of the existence which is like oh no you have to follow these rules and these parameters and all these things but all of that can be seen as something else and so at this moment in my life I'm seeing it everything I'm seeing I'm like there's a message in this there's a lesson for instance yesterday I got a little piece of ash in my eye last night. And I was like, and it was one of the, it was so small that I couldn't get it out. Like, I felt like it was stuck up in my eye. And I was like, am I, is this the time where I go blind? Like, is it happening? Because I had LASIK a few years ago. So I'm thinking maybe the ash got stuck underneath the part where they lifted the cornea to, you know, to, to laser my eye. And now I'm never really going to get it out. And I'm like, but I'm in Mexico. I don't have have health insurance. How am I going to like, my mind is going all types of places. And I was like, wait a minute, Kim, what if this just is just a lesson for you? And somebody might be rolling their eyes now, like, girl, you're crazy. Just, you know, wash your eye out. And I did all of that stuff. But I was like, in the moment, I felt this may just be a lesson for me to trust my body, like truly trust that my body knows what to do to get this thing out. And I tried to feel it. And I was like, I felt, I was like, my body knows what to do, what to do. But I was still panicking. I was still like, you know, I'm going to go blind. I can't, it hurts my eye. And then after some time, I was just like, you know what? It is what it is. And I, I just blinked like a lot. And I, and I just, I didn't try, you know, like I was blinking, yeah. but I wasn't trying to blink. I was just like doing what my eye needed to do. To, and it actually got better. Like it actually came out. And I was like, damn, if I really do see that experience as a lesson and get something from it, even if that's not the way it's quote unquote supposed to be, but I got value from it, why wouldn't I follow that path? Why wouldn't I be led in that way, huh? Exactly, exactly. And like anybody, anybody who's listening, you, me, like our experiences are always going to be vastly different, even given the same situation. Yeah. But- what you experience and what you believe to be the experience you have is the important factor for your personal growth. Like for me, if I would have had that ash in my eye, I would have been over there with like a bottle of water, just like squirting it. And I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what the lesson would be different. And that's what we all need. Like we can't all have that same lesson, but that's great that you tapped into that moment, applied something that was scaring you to what your needs were to move through it. Yeah. Thank you. 
thank you for validating my me and my situation too because sometimes people will just come and tell you oh come on that's not real you know and then immediately especially if you're in a sensitive place of learning about yourself learning about your inner world when somebody tries to invalidate you or maybe they don't try to but they end up doing it anyway it can take you down back like a numerous steps that it took you so much courage to Uh, come from you know completely and that is thank you for saying that word courage courage is what you need when you start your work with yourself because everybody's going to be thinking you're crazy yeah everybody's going to be doubting you if they're not doing the same kind of work and what they have to say about what you're doing does not matter the experiences that you are having are valid yeah They require that you understand that they are valid, you appreciate them, and you give yourself that love and compassion for dealing with it however you need to deal with it. So screw what other people have to say about your experiences. You do self-work. You're doing self-work. They need to be looking in the mirror and asking themselves why they are. (laughs) Boom. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. Actually, comma, actually, semicolon. I want to pivot back to what you were mentioning earlier about creativity and especially in using your own Uh, Like when you were doing your meditations and you'd get some some small insights and instead of like, you know, chastising yourself about my mind is supposed to be completely empty. I'm not supposed to be thinking about anything, but actually using those as creative insights to to move forward. There's Mm -hmm. this, you know, this idea that some people are creative and other people aren't, especially with with um, with um, well, with things like human design, for instance, or astrology or personality tests, anything like that, that stands to kind of put labels on people, even in ways that they don't try to um, kind of say that you are a creative person. You have a creative center. This is your center of power. This is what you should be known for. This is what you'll end up doing, all this stuff. And then it kind of makes other people feel like, well, if this didn't say that it was like I was had a creative center, then I'm not creative at all. But we are all creative because we are all human because we are all life, right? So what are your thoughts about this idea that, you know, some people are more creative than others or some people are creative and other people aren't? Even though my business is about joy and love, like I'm a hater. (laughs) And I cannot handle when there are rules or guidelines in which you are meant to work. Like, yes, we have strengths we have weaknesses but the matter of creativity once again is a matter of like language being inhibitive we use the word creative to talk about well have you do you know how to paint do you know how to draw have you used charcoal before have you written an essay a poem like if you haven't then you're not creative and it's like no wrong you can be in the kitchen cooking up something good And that is creative. You can wake up and decide what your makeup routine is going to be and you are creating. So maybe there are people who are more prone to being creative than others uh, in terms of the plastic art. But in terms of being simply human, I feel like we all have the potential to call ourselves creative and to embrace that term as a simple word of just saying that we're able to make decisions that impact life. We create life as... um, child bearers we create our own life as decision makers mm-hmm. um so if you like plants and you are putting pots 
around your garden, your little patio. And you're like, I want my basil to be here. I want my rosemary here, my lavender here. Guess what? You just did some garden design, creative. If you're in the house and you're like, okay, these eggs need a little bit of salt, maybe a little bit of cream. And I'm going to like whip them up a little less than usual. Guess what? Creative. Like there's so many ways to do it. I think we just have to break down these um, narrow definitions of these words that we use to describe humanity. It's, I, it's stupid. I, I can't handle it. That's why I love poetry mm-hmm. because poetry goes beyond the bounds of verbal constraint, even yeah. though you're using words, you find new ways to define experiences. And I think that that is um, what humanity is doing is they're living basically poetically. We're finding new ways to expand outside of conception. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, especially coming from the academic space where I was working well, you know, teaching critical thinking and argumentation, and there is there are a lot of parameters, a lot of restrictions in academic writing. Tons, you know, like why do I know about MLA citation mm. style from the top of my brain because of the workshop that I have to give twice a year, yeah. you know? And that itself is a is a restraint. But like what why? Why? more separateness, Mm -hmm. right? Like just creating these separations between us and ourselves. And that's like a very, a very like disembodied way of looking at it. But if we look at it from this embodied way of like, yeah, I want my basil to be here and my oregano to be here and and this and that and the others and the garden design, or I want my eggs to taste like this, or even just designing a date. Like I want to do this today. And then I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I want to do that. And I want to come home and do this. Like there are so many ways we're creative and we're resourceful and we don't necessarily validate that for ourselves because other people or other institutions, keyword institutions are not validating it for us. Exactly. And one of my favorite ways to allow and help people to tap into their creativity and spirituality at the same time is to create your sacred space. Like where are you going to go to communicate with your ancestors? Where are you going to go to light that candle at night and ask for guidance? Where are you going to go to sit down and just be quiet and focus on your breath? Like make that little corner in your house, put Mm -hmm. the candle there, put a flower in a vase, put a drawing up, like whatever you want to put in that corner, create that space. And that is a creative, beautiful activity to, um, to kind of begin to un- leash Mm -hmm. this human necessity of creativeness Mm -hmm. like even all the way back when we were in caves like there's cave paintings there's cave drawings I bet there were certain spaces that were better for talking to one another than others like that's interior design (laughs) (laughs) so it's like we've had this in us all the time and you know it's only been as of late where it's like everything is an industry but Uh, you as a human can create you are creative just find what it is that you enjoy and if it's not drawing that's fine find something else and maybe maybe you don't draw beautifully but you that doesn't mean that you still can't have a creative experience like I can't draw I can't draw beautifully my drawings are horrible but allowing myself to say I'm going to take this charcoal and make a line that expresses how I feel right now. And then pushing it in and being like, I'm so angry. And it's like, okay, it's not artwork that's going to go in a gallery, but I just made my own artwork that expressed my feeling and I created. Yeah. And I feel good. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of validity in that. Like, I I really want to keep dispelling this idea that in order to be someone who's worth watching, who's worth seeing, who's worth, you know, seeing and who's worth um, being heard, you have to have a huge platform because who the hell is checking these platforms anyway? Who checking in the sense of who is, who is, who's managing that? Who is the one who's validating these platforms? Things that literally are created out of tin air, tin air, nothing. Mm-hmm. Things are created out of thin air and we're giving them so much power, so much authority over how we feel about ourselves and our lives. Can we take a moment and see the quality of the thing we're so bent on following? And then look at the quality of what we're producing, what we feel, the expression of the things that we feel, the expression of the things that we're going through. A lot of the pieces that I write have to do with this. They have to do with just like, can I just fucking be? Can I be and just be good at being in myself and not have to always compare myself to every person and not always have to live up to other people's expectations of how I should see the world. But, you know, that's, that's a problem with me and me and myself, right? Because that's me allowing other people to have a say over whether or not I can be. That's a whole that's different thing. That's not just your problem though. That's it's not intertwined. There's a lot of gate. Yeah. There's a lot of gatekeepers too. And yeah. it's like, we, we give them power, but also they take advantage of a lot of the power they have, especially yeah. in the creative world. Yeah. There's like, ugh. so it's, it's complicated, but ultimately like find what you enjoy, do it with gusto. Who cares if it's not going to be seen or not? Like you are experiencing the therapeutic effects of creativity when you just let yourself do it for yourself. Yeah. And then that's, that's your best work anyway. It is. It is. And honestly, I'd say like a practical tip if anyone is looking for something like that or just wants to try it. If you're decorating your home and you happen to feel a creative streak, put your own pieces on display. Put your own pieces on display. Make You don't have to even buy anything super expensive. You don't have to go to Michael's or, or the equivalent of Michael's to get frames made and all this and that. All you got to do is make something look like the way you want it to look and put it up on your wall, put it up on your fridge. If that's what you like, I don't, I'm not judging you. No, you know, it's your business, but putting your yeah. own pieces on display, it reminds you of your inherent power. It reminds you that you can be seen. You should be seen and by yourself mm-hmm. first and foremost, before anybody else, because then we go into this whole thing about other people having control over you and how you show up in the world. And, and we're, tr- we're really trying to, to get away from that. I think. Yeah. You don't want to be those people who are hating on you. You no. want to be your biggest fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's in, I think the internal ways that we've mentioned in this episode by sitting, getting still listening to yourself, feeling comfortable with who you are. And then also the external ways in the, in the way that you express, you know, those ways that you immortalize those feelings that you had when you were when you were in meditation or when you were, you're feeling those really core parts of yourself. If you can immortalize that through a painting, a a photograph, a piece of writing, or even a conversation with a friend, you know what I mean? Like we're recording something that's going to be immortalized and we can listen back on and be like, wow, that's insight. (laughs) That's insight. And, And then you don't have to have those expectations of like, okay, if I'm writing, it has to be complete. Yeah. If I'm painting, it must be done. Like, no, each little thing that you do is purposeful in the moment and will have purpose in the future too. Some of my, some of my own writings and insights uh, that are current 
come from those little blurbs of information that came whenever I was making a big change in life and learning Mm. how to listen to myself. And did I, am I taking like paragraphs of writing from that time? No, I couldn't write a paragraph at that time. I'd write a sentence, Mm -hmm. maybe even a word, Mm. you know? And so we just like, be curious about what it means to be creative. Don't adhere to the rules that society has placed, like follow your actual emotion, your heart, and just let it out. Whether that be a scribble on a piece of paper, a word, or even you singing a song like this is your art project. This is your intuition speaking. How are you going to let it out? Yeah. Yeah. And specifically to those who don't feel like they have the time or the space or like the life environment to do this. Going back to what you were saying, Ashley, about having a a sacred space, right? Like, yes, the sacred space for you to ask for guidance, to sit in silence and all that stuff, but also a sacred space and a sake and or a sacred time for you to express this stuff. So if you find you have a really busy life or 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 you're not around people who can really support you in this way where you want to be free and express, maybe what you have to do is take notes about what you're experiencing. So that way you can process it later in your own sacred space, in your own sacred time and our each Monday, an hour each day, whatever that means for you, a whole day, a retreat. I just came back from a personal creative retreat that I took for myself three days away, just down the road from where I'm staying here. But I needed that space so I could focus solely on my creativity, my writing, dancing, um, body movement, yoga and photography, playing guitar, all the things that I want to do that I honestly do do normally. But I was just creating a space to see what does it look like if I just focus on the curiosity of these things without making it a job or a chore. So that's that's the kind of support and advice that I might give right now. I love it. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for your time and your insight and your articulations on this episode. It's been so juicy and for sure has brought me out of my has is definitely juiced and jazzed something inside of me, inside the funkiness that is me today. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. I'm like, like it's, it's the same for me. You know, sometimes we wake up in a funk and all it takes really is to just like get out of the house or make a phone call and just have a little bit of somebody else's energy be injected into what you're experiencing. Thank yeah. you for making this conversation happen because honestly, I love talking about this shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> Same, 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 same. Super, super fun. Um, If you would like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? And what, what, what are you up to these days with your work? Okay, so I'm going through a lot of changes right now. (laughs) But right now, like my main way of getting in contact with me for creative ritual and for energy healing and guidance is Nativa Wellbeing. And that's on Instagram or nativawellbeing.com. And you can book an online session, or if you're here in Oaxaca, you can have an in-person session with me. Uh, But then also keep your eyes peeled because I am finally saying I'm an artist and I'm a writer and I'm putting out some more poetry. I'm putting my video installations out. Hopefully there's going to be a show sometime soon. But uh, yeah, all that you can find on Nativa Wellbeing on Instagram because I have my link there. Excellent. Wonderful. And of course, as always, I will be linking these in the show notes and tagging you so that people can be directly, um, people can directly reach you. Thank you once again for joining. It's been wonderful. And for those who want to stay in touch with me, 
uh, Chem, you can do so um, through Instagram at naturallyfree123. Also, my personal website, it is www.bynkem.co. And then, of course, Wellspring Words on Instagram and www.wellspringwords.love um, online on the internet. So, yes, thank you for listening. And uh, as always, share with a friend, subscribe, leave a rating, a comment, and all the good stuff that I always forget the order of. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.